welcome. Thank you for choosing to listen to this spirit-filled word by David Entry. When you catch a word, you have caught God. May you catch a word today that will cause God to change your story. Be blessed. I want to talk about the cross. What is different about this cross? The cross of Christ. Um, First Corinthians chapter 15. First Corinthians chapter 15 verse 1. Moreover, brethren, I de- I'm reading from New King James. Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preach to you, which also you receive in, receive and in which you stand, by which also ye are saved, if you hold fast the word which I preach to you, unless you, be, you believed in vain. So I declare to you the gospel. Say the gospel. Verse 3. For I deliver to you first of all that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. This is good. I, I deliver to you first of all that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures and that he was buried, really? And that he rose again on the third day according to the scriptures. And that when he rose that Sunday, he was seen by many. We don't have a scientific proof for the resurrection. But we have a legal evidence. The gospel says that Christ died, verse 3, for I deliver, said that, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. He didn't do it arbitrarily. He did it based on the written code of God. So he ticked every, you know, all the boxes tick, tick. You know, sometimes when you are filling a form, then you don't tick certain boxes. You try and proceed, doesn't allow. Yeah, Christ ticked all the boxes according to the scriptures. So his death became valid. His work on the cross was judicial. So, he died for our sins according to the scripture. Say, he died for our sins. sins. Romans chapter 5 verse 6, please. For when we were, when we were without strength, yeah, that's why I'm looking. We'll go to verse 5, verse 7 in a minute. In due time, Christ died for who? Who? That's why it's good news. God, you yourself can't speak for yourself. And you're ungodly. But he died for you. So what the ungodly was meant to die for, Christ died for the ungodly. Now, verse 7. That's a very interesting, this is a very interesting scripture. Let's already allow those of you who can see the screen. Let's go. So what it says is that somebody who is righteous. It is difficult. Okay, give us the message Bible. The same verse. We can understand someone dying for a person worth dying for. And we can understand how someone good and noble could inspire us to uh, to selfless sacrifice. Right? So, somebody who is good because of maybe something is going through, some people will just lose something just to defend them. And it's very, you can understand if, if someone is dying for a person worth dying for. But you and I, we are criminals. <laughs> and yet, back to First Corinthians 15, Christ died not for his sins, for our sins. He was sinless. Christ was sinless. In fact, the highest court in the world at that time, the highest court, the highest judicial system tried him, scrutinized him, and found him guiltless, innocent. Pontius Pilate, according to um, John chapter, I think, 18, somewhere 14 something. Oh, let's go to 19, it's better. 19 verse 6. Pontius Pilate said, I find no fault in him. Ah, I said, you take him and crucify him. For I find no fault. I am 
the judge. I'm the one to de declare the verdict. And I'm telling you, I've been trained, highly trained by the Roman authority to know how to, how to try a criminal. And I've tried him, scrutinize him, and I'm telling you, I find no fault in him. That is why when you talk about the Apostles' Creed, there are only two names, human names that were mentioned in the Apostles' Creed. One was Mary. The other one was Pontius Pilate. Mary gave birth to him. Pontius Pilate killed him. So Pontius Pilate is not a religious figure. It's a secular figure, separating religion from state. Pontius Pilate declared him innocent, even though he was the one who sanctioned his death. Why? When he was arrested, the Jews tried him first in, in their quarters, and they declared him guilty on what charges? Because he said he's the son of God. So Jesus was actually crucified because he said he was the son of God. And they considered that in that time blasphemy. So every blasphemy like some nations who still practice certain type of religion. So they, they couldn't find any fault in him. So they have to find a reason why he has to die. And they said the charge was that he claims he's the son of God. Now that was not a lie. He would have lied if he said he wasn't. So they actually killed him for the truth. So he said, I am. They said, you call yourself. They said, and the high priest tore his clothes. They said, we don't need any other evidence. Let's crucify him. But because they were under Roman rule, they, they couldn't crucify him. They couldn't kill him. Because you must now take it to the state. So they took him to Pontius Pilate. And then they said, Pontius Pilate, you have to crucify the guy. Kill him. Because two reasons why Pontius Pilate had to kill him. Because he, could, he couldn't have died a Jewish death. He had to die a Gentile death. He had to die in the hands of the Romans. Whose means of execution was crucifixion. Because Bible says that curse is the one who hangs on the tree. So he had to die on the tree. But if the Jews were going to kill him, Jesus said, which of you is without a sin? Let him cast the first stone. The Jewish form of execution was stoning. And so he had to be crucified and he had to die on the tree by the Romans. Now watch this. So they didn't know that. They were just because they couldn't kill him because it was Roman authority. So send him to Pontius Pilate. And when they took him to Pontius Pilate, Pontius Pilate said, I've examined him. There's nothing wrong. I can't kill him. And he said, what charge do you bring against this man? And if they say he said he's the son of God, which they said, my friend, take him and go and I can't kill somebody for saying he's the son of God. It doesn't make sense. So leave him. So they had to change the, 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 the uh, um, charge. The charge and the prosecution had to change their, and now when they got to Pontius, where they said, he said he's the king of the Jews. Now, now that's a political statement. A political statement. So, and even when Pontius Pilate said, I cannot kill him, they said, If you don't kill him, you are not a friend of Caesar. Because there's somebody rising here who is trying to overthrow Caesar amongst the Jews. Because if Caesar has not appointed, you can't say, If you say you are the king of the Jews, then that means that um, Caesar is no more in power. And so that is a political thing. It, it wasn't a religious on religious grounds. And so they told the politician that it's politically incorrect. For Jesus to say he's the king of the Jews and you keep quiet. So even though you don't find any fault in him, you have to crucify him. And then he said, ah, I got an idea. At Passover, say Passover. Passover. Say Passover. Passover. His crucifixion happened at the time of Passover. And at the Passover, every Jew, every home was supposed to bring a lamb. And they examined the lamb for four days. And after the lamb has been examined, at three o'clock in the afternoon before the Sabbath, they have, to, they have to kill the lamb to remember the Passover. Jesus Christ died at the same time many lambs died. He was the lamb. They were, those lambs were lamb for the Jews. But he is the lamb of God. 
So he died at 3, 3, 3, 3 p.m. on the cross. There's a lot more we can unpack in that. But Pontius Pilate said, I cannot kill him because I don't find any fault in him. Then he remembers that uh, anyway, it's the Sabbath. And on the Sabbath day, especially, no, not the Sabbath, I'm sorry. The Passover is a custom that I, out of good gesture, have to release a prisoner. So, okay, he was thinking, I got a plan. I got a plan. Um, I know how to release him. So he brought Jesus, I think chapter 18 of John verse 40, or chapter 27 of Matthew verse 16. I think we should go to Matthew. Matthew chapter 27 verse 16, 17, 18. Okay. All right, all right. Let's keep this. Then they cried out saying, not this man, but Barabbas. Now Barabbas was a robber. Uh, you understand this? Let's, let's go to Matthew chapter 27 verse 16. And at that time, they had a notorious prisoner called what? He was a notorious. You know, when they say someone is notorious prisoner, he, that, he moved with several soldiers and chains around him because he's like, is it El Chapo? Yeah. Notorious prisoner. And he was a murderer. Verse 17. Therefore, when they had gathered together, Pilate said to them, whom do you want me to release to you? Barabbas or Jesus, who is called Christ. Go to the next verse. For he knew that they, had, they, they handed him over out of, because of envy. So he was trying to find a way to release him. You know, they just, and Pontius Pilate knew that the guy was innocent. He knew he was just, they wanted to. Go to the next verse. While he was sitting on the judgment seat, his wife said, to him, don't have anything to do. Thank God for wives who hear from God. Don't have to, because she had a dream. Go to the next verse. But the chief priests and the elders persuaded the multitude that they should ask for Barabbas and destroy Jesus. The next verse. Then the governor answered and said to them, which of the two, two do you want me to release to you? They said, Barabbas. You mean it? I'm sure he was shocked, shocked to his core because, I mean, Barabbas was such a notorious prisoner. He was such a notorious prisoner. Nobody would want Barabbas to be released. So, he, he, he tried to pull a fast one by bringing, by bringing somebody nobody likes. Nobody likes. Everybody would just automatically uh, would say that, no, let, 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 no, 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 we don't want Jesus. Look at Mark, Mark chapter 15, verse 7. No, no, let's go to verse 26 of the same verse before. 26 of Matthew chapter 27. There's something good there. Look at verse 26. Then he released Barabbas to them. And when he had scorched Jesus, he delivered him to be crucified. The people wanted him. That's the danger of democracy. The power of the people. Yeah, if you can get a few to influence the people, you can, politicians will be forced to do what the people want. And most of the time, the, the, it, it takes only a few, like the chief priests, to influence all the people to say, no, crucify Jesus. The masses don't usually have a mind of their own. So Mark chapter 15, verse 7. Can you imagine? I'm going further and further. I haven't actually started what I want to talk about. I'm just going further and further. And there was one named Barabbas who was chained with his fellow rebels they had committed murder in the rebellion. When there was uh, unrest, when there was uh, demonstration, they took advantage and they killed people. Not as policemen, they were committing murder. And everybody feared Barabbas. He <laughs> was, was such a terrible guy. Look at verse 11. Because I don't want to go to read it. Verse 11 says that, but the chief priest stirred up the crowd. Say, stirred up the crowd. Stirred up the crowd so that they should rather release Barabbas to them. And so what happened? Verse 15. Verse 15 says that, 
So Pilate, wanting to gratify the crowd, that's politicians. Politicians for you. Wanting to appease and please the crowd. What did he do? He released Barabbas to them. Because he was so sure. The two of you come, please. No, no, no. Just one of you. Okay, you come. Come. Who is this? <laughs> don't mind them. Don't mind them. And who is this? So, <laughs> go back a little bit. No, no, come forward. So, they said, kill this man. Crucify him. And he was thinking, no, but he hasn't done anything wrong. So he said, no, yeah, Passover, I'm supposed to release a, a, a prisoner. So, let me go and get, he went to get the terrible one. Who nobody will ever say, let him go. And he brought him and stood him by the most innocent, most criminal and the most innocent. And he asked, which of these ones should I release? So he knew that I've got you guys now. You can, you can never say this one. Because this one has killed your children. You would never say you like him. I know. So that I can get my way. Jesus can go free. He didn't have what it takes to release Jesus. Do you know who was behind it? Acts chapter 2, verse, chapter two, verse three, 23. See who was behind him. You would think that it was the Pontius Pilate wanted to deliver. I said, him, talking about Jesus, for you to know is Jesus, go to 21. For who shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And then verse 22, verse 22. Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested by God to you by miracles, signs, sorry, wonders and signs, which God did through him in your midst. As you yourselves also know. Continuation. Him, talking about Jesus, being delivered by the determined purpose and the foreknowledge of God. It was God's determined purpose. It was the purpose of God to deliver Jesus to die on the cross. So when Pontius Pilate was trying to release him, he didn't know it won't work. Because God was behind everything. He was behind the scenes. Written, has written history already. And so he said, ye, by the determined knowledge and the, uh, the, the determined purpose and the full knowledge of God, you have taken by lawless hands and crucified and put to death. So he was telling the Jews, you have, you used lawless hands because it shouldn't have been. You crucify him, but it was God's plan. It was God's plan. The next verse says that word, verse 24. Whom God raised up, loosing the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should stay. Please clap for Jesus. Both of the Jesus. Both of them are Jesus. So, so he said, you want me to release the criminal and kill the innocent man? That's why Romans said, said for a good man, Somebody may possibly die. It's scarce, but you can't just die for anybody. Doesn't matter how good a person is. You also live your, need your life. So, for a good man, extremely someone may die. Bad, bad person say, I'll die for a bad. No, 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 no. So, it's not possible. But we, that is where God beats the mind of human beings. That you are so guilty, and yet God. So, the next verse of that Romans chapter 5, verse 7. The next verse says, but God demonstrated his love towards us this way. That whilst we were yet sinning, we have not even stopped sinning. For someone who is good, it is rare. Scarcely, verse 7, scarcely will, verse 7 says, scarcely will, for, scarcely for a righteous man will somebody die. Let alone a criminal, a sinner. But God demonstrated his love towards us this way. That whilst we were yet sinners, Christ 
died for our sins. Whilst we were still sinners, Christ So what I read earlier on, it says that, I want you to know the gospel, for 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 3, that Christ died for our sins, not for his sins. Why? Because he didn't have sins. And we understand from Romans 3.23 that the wages of sins is death. So if he didn't have sin, why should he die? He didn't die his death. He died for us. But let me give you a little bit of history. Um, the cross. Say the cross. the cross. For your information. The cross was not invented in the day of Jesus. One. Jesus was not the only one who died on the cross. In the time of Jesus, historians have certified and have attested that over 30,000 people died on the cross around that time. When Roman, Romans, that was their favorite, preferred style of execution. I'll, I'll explain in a minute. But before then, the cross, it didn't start with the Romans. It started with the Persians. Persians were the ones who invented that crucifixion, execution by the cross. But theirs was not as bad as the Romans. The Romans took it to another level. So you know what? They will nail you to a tree. And once they nail you to the wood, your hands are tied, nailed. Your legs are nailed. You are stripped naked. And on the highway where everybody can see. You know when you're on the motorway, sometimes you see the hills. This was not far away. Just you can know that this is the person. The main road where everybody passes. So like Oakland Road. And they were not on cars. They were not traveling by cars. So horses, so slow motion and then looking. <laughs> naked, naked and suffering. Not only that, as you are on the cross, insects. And not only that, the birds. So some of them, the bird will come in their eyes. You can't do it. It's such a bad death. And thirdly, because your hands are stretched and you are leaning on the weight of your hands, you, you are you're choked to death. So you can't breathe properly because you need the diaphragm to contract, contract and relax for you to breathe. But they are stretching so you can't breathe properly. And it kills you softly. You don't kill, you don't die immediately. Gently, you hang there, some of them will hang there for hours. Whilst insects were eating you, bad, naked, wicked bad, evil birds were eating your eyes, chopping your ears, some will be picking your nose, and oh, very bad. Yeah. The cross, these Romans were, now, it is even believed that it is possible. That is the most cruel way of execution man has ever invented. The most cruel way of execution. Why would a Christian put that thing on your neck then? Why is it on church buildings? On church buildings, in church buildings, all around to wrist and neck as ornaments. Their cross. Have you ever seen somebody wearing something like the guillotine? As an ornament? No. It's a symbol of execution. So, you, no one will use the murder weapon as a symbol to embellish themselves. It's not normal. So, why is it that in the case of the cross, generations upon generations have elevated the cross whilst it wasn't there? Jesus was not the only one who died on the cross. One of the reasons why Romans executed on the cross was because you know, if you are rebellious like um, Barabbas, they want to deter everybody from doing it. And so when you rise up against, especially for insurrectionists or traitors, when you rise up against the state, you, they execute you. And they don't kill you privately. They execute you in public where everybody will see you hang naked. So one, it was, it, it is meant to inflict the highest form of pain. Excruciating pain. Say excruciating. Actually, actually, the word excruciating has got cross inside it. 
Actually, it's a, it's a Latin word. The original Latin word comes from the, the word cross, crucify. It means that to, so the cross was meant to cause the highest excruciating pain. I'm telling you, excruciating, C-R-U-X. It's the same as C-R-O-S-S. It's the same. Just check your dictionary. You'll find out that I'm telling you the truth. And go to the Latin meaning. you see. It's there. So, so the cross, uh, uh, the cross actually stands for excruciating pain. So it's meant to cause you so much severe pain. That's one. And it's also meant to cause you to, to debase you, humiliate you, strip you of importance and honor. I mean, they've, they've, they've killed you naked in town. You are hanging there. So Jesus didn't have that napkin. No. Those of you, no. It's just they, had, they couldn't. So they had to add that. This. But the original thing, Jesus didn't have napkin. No. But can you imagine the minds of human beings? They said Jesus. That's why he, he didn't stay on the cross. So that our cross doesn't necessarily have to have him on the cross. He left the cross a long time ago. So that it will be, we will be free to just paint the cross and not necessarily put him on it. Because if you want to depict who he actually, how he was on the cross, it's not sightly. Yeah. So, they, they, it is also meant to debase you. The cross. And that is Jesus. He had to suffer that way. He had to suffer that way. The most cruel, and that the, the death on the cross, execution by the cross, was reserved for the hardened criminals like Barabbas. But why did Barabbas have to go for Jesus to come? He said, he's telling you, he, Jesus swapped places with us. He swapped places. You a criminal, you should die. And then he came and died for you. He swapped, it's the so they may not know what was happening, but God was making, God was making a sense that, that, that a righteous man should die for the sinner. Righteous man. Now, all that the cross was meant to cause severe punishment, severe excruciating punishment, and then death. Jesus' cross, okay, let me put it this way. The cross, the normal cross, was man's invention, man's system to inflict severe punishment and death. The cross of Christ is different. It is God's invention, God's system to relieve men from coming punishment and death. So Jesus had to die so that when you die, you don't face the second death. So that you don't go for eternal punishment. All of them were criminals. Jesus didn't die as a sinner. He died as a righteous man for sinners. They died the dead they deserved. That's why they killed him with two criminals. And one of the criminals says that, believer, you say you're a man of God. Pastor, do something now. <laughs> you say you're a man of God. Now you see. Deliver yourself and deliver us too. And the other man said, this man is innocent. Even the thief on the cross knew he was innocent. The soldiers knew, the soldiers knew he was innocent. His disciples knew he was innocent. In fact, Judas who betrayed him said, I have betrayed an innocent blood. The thief criminals knew that this one. You know, when you go to prison, I haven't been. But as soon as you go, they know why you came. The prisoners, they know why. If you're a bad person, they'll beat you. <laughs> See, is that not so? Yeah. They tend to know why people came. So criminals can easily tell this another criminal. The thief knew that this man is an innocent. So the criminal said, this one doesn't belong to our team. The one who betrayed him and sold him to be crucified said, this man is innocent. I betrayed him and I'm telling you he's innocent. The soldiers who killed him said that, ah, this man is indeed the son of God. He's innocent. The Pontius Pilate, the judge, the supreme judge who sentenced him to death said, this man is innocent. He was innocent. And he was killed. Why? Because he had to die on the cross 
for a few reasons. Number one, for our sins. So, Jesus' death on the cross, Romans 6, 6. And then from there we read Colossians 1, 20. Romans 6, it says that, knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. When he was crucified, our old man was crucified. Galatians chapter 1 verse, sorry, Colossians chapter 1 verse 20. And by him, to reconcile all things to himself, by, by him, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace, having made peace through the blood of what? Through the blood of what? How did he make peace? Through the blood of his cross. Okay, so Jesus Christ made peace through the blood of his cross. I, I want, where I'm trying to lead this message, I have to quickly go on. Because I want to let you know that you also have your cross. His cross did something for us. And the cross must do something for you. So the cross is not just a symbol for us to display, which is okay. Because let me, go, let me take you to 1 Corinthians chapter I like this one. <laughs> Chapter 1, verse 18. This is a good one. First Corinthians 1, 18. Ah. If you can see, shall we all read it together? Let's go. So, the cross is actually a message. We preach the cross. We are meant to be preaching that message. It says that the, the message of the cross, preaching the cross, is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to those of us who are being saved, is the power of God. Look at verse 23. But we preach Christ what? We preach Christ what? So he's talking about Christ on the cross. That's what we preach. That message should not leave the church. Other than that, the church has lost its message. The cross is the center of our preaching because everything rises and falls based on the cross. He said that we preach Christ crucified to the Jews. I wanted to believe, but this thing I've said is making me come. I can't believe this nonsense. It makes them stumble. Why? Because it's an offense for a Jew who has been waiting for the Messiah for you to tell him that his Messiah is the one who was crucified as a criminal. No, 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 no. They didn't notice that the scriptures were speaking about that. Interestingly, they knew a lot about the Messiah, but they didn't know about his suffering and death. Isaiah wrote about it. You remember Isaiah chapter 53 verse 5? Who remembers Isaiah 53 verse 5? Huh? He says that, oh, it's already there. But he was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace was upon. And by his stripes, we were, he was, oh, it's already written. But they missed it. So, Pastor, remember, when he resurrected from the cross and on the road to Emmaus, the people were, he says that, oh, Luke chapter 24, verse 24. He said, not the Christ to have suffered these things. And Luke chapter 24 and certain of those who were with us went to the tomb. Uh, verse 25. Verse 25. Then he said to them, oh foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe that all that the prophets have spoken. Go to the next verse. Look at that. Ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into you? They, they missed that bit. So they were expecting the Christ to come. That's why when Jesus said, uh, Peter said, you are the son of the living God. Jesus said, I have to go and die. Peter said, no, no, you can't go and die. Let me come down. Peter said, no, 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 stop that. How can Messiah go? So the Bible says that he took him aside and started to rebuke him. Stop saying this kind of things. Then Jesus said, get thee behind me. Because the Jews didn't have in their repertoire a Messiah who was going to be crucified. So when he resurrected, he said, Oh, foolish of heart and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have written. Ought not the Christ, it doesn't matter, ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and then afterwards enter into his glory? His glory? So you've missed the suffering part of the Christ. That's why all of you are scattered. He was talking to disciples. And Bible says that, and from Moses, that's talking about from Genesis, okay? 
when the Bible says Moses, the books of Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Because, and beginning from Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them in the scriptures the things concerning himself. All from all the Old Testament, he began to open the Old Testament and show them. Can you imagine Bible studies led by Jesus? That would be so good. Can you imagine? Bible studies led by Jesus himself. What? He said, let, he began to show them the, from the Bible. That journey, few 17 miles journey. He began throughout the journey. So some of you, I don't know why you don't even have Bibles in your car. Sometimes you are with your friend. They will ask you, put down the Bible. Give them, ask your driver, take the Bible, open. Matthew chapter 8 verse 7. Read it, read it. I do that a lot and I enjoy it. When you are journeying on the train, do Bible studies. Just kissing. No, do Bible studies. <laughs> so anyway, Bible said Jesus, from beginning from Moses, he was quoting from Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, Ruth, First Samuel, Second Samuel, First Kings, Second Kings, First Chronicles, Second Chronicles, Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther, Job, Sam. He was just doing it. I don't want to go to the minor prophets. He was just doing it. He was just doing it. Ecclesiastes, Songs of Solomon, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentation, Ezekiel, Daniel, Hosea, Joel. Husband and wife. So, Bible says, give Satan no footstool. Isaiah chapter 4, verse 27. Don't give the devil a footstool. But you have created gap in your marriage. You don't discuss anything scripture. You only discuss business Gossip about church hairstyles. Gossip about who like who. So many things. You discuss everything. You can't discuss the scriptures. And both of you claim to be serious Christians. You are betraying yourself to one another. Am I not preaching at all? I should have come down. He said, beginning from Moses, through the prophets, he expounded unto them all that is written concerning himself. He showed them him in the Bible. But how did he start? Because they didn't expect a Messiah to die. So, so long as the Jews are concerned, what do you mean by telling us a Messiah died as a criminal? It's an offense. It was an offense to them. No. What do you mean? How can, I, how can I tell me a Messiah died? They didn't expect a, 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 a Messiah to die. A, a dying a criminal death on the cross. A shameful death. That's why the Bible says in, in Philippians chapter, chapter 2, that verse 7, that he became obedient to, to go even the death, because the death of the cross, bro, if you are going to be obedient, not that level. And being found in the appearance of men, he humbled himself and was uh, 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 himself and became obedient to the point of death. Even the, if you are dying, don't go far. The, the cross is very shameful. It's heinous. It's obscene. It's bizarre. Disgusting type of death. Why would a Messiah die like that? And you are telling me he's the one who died to save me. You see, you see, you are uninformed. You are unlearned. Bible says that in the beginning was the logos, the reason, the answer. So Jesus is the logos. He's actually the answer. When you hit the question, you find him. Some of you wouldn't have come to Christ until you, you hit crisis. You realize that life is very complex and everything is breaking. Your life remains a big puzzle, like a jigsaw puzzle. The missing piece is Christ. The questions in your life can find meaning. Your life can find meaning, meaning in Christ. But there is meaning to life. And Jesus is the meaning to life. Bible says that, and we are complete in him. Anyway, so... He expounded to them, and Jews find the cross offensive, whilst Gentiles, the Greeks, <laughs> they said, <laughs> first, first Corinthians chapter 1, verse 13, eight, sorry, verse 23. Verse 23. We preach Christ to the Jews' stumbling block and to the Greeks' foolishness. Greeks, you know, Socrates, 
Aristotle. Those are Greeks. Greeks were very learned. They, they, they philosophers. Tell me something. Tell me something that makes sense. I want to what is this nonsense that some man called Jesus. You know, they said they are. I don't have any question, but they are killing him because of a man called Jesus who who is dead and Paul claims he's alive. <laughs> he was saying, "Oh, this is nonsense." The Jews, sorry, the, the Greeks want, they are the scholars. They are from Oxford. They are from Cambridge. They work in the city. They want logic. Reason with me. A crucified conqueror. How can a crucified conqueror save you? Save you. How can a murdered savior save you? He could even save himself. And so, the cross is a major defining factor. However, he said, for those of us who believe, it is the power of God unto salvation. Galatians chapter 6, verse, I like this one. I like this. Galatians chapter 6, verse 17. Galatians 6, as he said, hey, let's already Allah from rescue. Let's go. I bear where? Is it in my soul? In my spirit? Where? If you look, that means if you look at my body, you see marks. And I got these marks because of Christ. Now, let me give you a little history to that statement. Then afterwards, I bring it existentially to you. One, those days, have you ever seen in our country, a car without a number, a number plate on the street. No. Do you know what a number plate means? It's registered. So that's A reg. Those times say A reg. 16 reg. That, what, do you know what it means? It's registered. That means that it's registered to somebody. It has an owner. So marks are identification of who you belong to. So Jesus Christ, in those days, slaves, huh? slaves, if you are a slave, they have to sometimes a hot iron, and then they'll stamp it on you. Four forefathers of some of you, <laughs> they did it to them. <laughs> they did it to them. So they mark you everywhere you go. You know, when you go to the farm, where they farm cows, all the cows um, have marks. And so, if you are a slave, Paul calls himself a slave of Christ, Romans chapter 1, verse 1, then that means you must have a mark who you belong to. That's why he says that, let no, more, no man trouble me, for I bear in my body the marks of Christ. You, you say you belong to Christ. Even this little mark on your body, on your emotions, because of what ushers did, you are upset. To bear some difficulty. Listen, if you were in church or on your way to church, you had a flat tie, and when you were trying to fix it, God forbid, you hurt your finger, consider it as a mark of Christ. It's the mark of Christ. Satan respects brands more than human beings. And there's only Satan, so long as Satan is gone, there's only one proper brand. And the brand is Christ. Are you the Christ brand? And where show us? Do you have evidence that you are branded for Christ? Small. We are going for, to Reading tomorrow. You don't want to go because you don't. You like everything easy. No branding. No marks. No marks. No marks of Christ. Some of you, the best is the branding of the. Or how rough you used to be. That one, I like it. When I see people with tattoo. You know, you know the, the dangerous ones on their body. Yeah, it's a sign that Jesus saves. And now you are in church. Jesus saves. Pastor has got some. When she's leading prayer and she her hand like this. You can tell that this lady is coming from far. Brother, come. <laughs> Somebody scream, Jesus saves. <laughs> Anytime you see someone in town like this, you know this one is not a pastor. (laughs) 
this is a branding that tells you something. Somebody who is, who is streetwise. But look at what Christ has done today. Yeah. When I see you, you make my heart glad. It is a beautiful thing Christ can do. Look at what he said in verse 14. Verse 14 is so powerful. He said, ka, 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 ka. He said, God forbid. What does he mean by God forbid? Now, that's the strongest, they use the strongest Greek, so Greek terminology to mean, to express God forbid. So what he said was not God. It's stronger than God. It's like, no, 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 no. what he meant but God forbid that I should boast except in the cross I will not boast in any other thing I will not boast in who I know what I've achieved where I live what car, what car I drive who gave birth to me I will not boast in anything the school I attended except no no except the cross ah so now Paul is talking about boasting in the cross boasting in the cross the cross is something that we should be proud of. We should be proud of the cross. Which that's where it comes from, where people that from times of old, the early church have always cherished the cross. So they will use it as symbols. The cross does not just tell you God loves you, it tells you you are a sinner and you deserve judgment of God. The cross is a state. Everybody who can come to cross can be in Christ. Because when you come to the cross, it strips you bare. You look very big, very fat, very plump, prosperous. When you come to the cross, it reduces to who you originally are, a sinner. It shrinks you to your original size. The cross. And some of us, sad to say, you have came to the cross, but you've left the cross. Because it wasn't only Jesus who was crucified. When he died on the cross, he died for our sins. But we also, Galatians chapter 2 verse 20, he said, I've been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. You must be crucified with Christ. You must be crucified with Christ. You must. Believer, Christian, that's why you can't bring your body for the marks of Christ because you are not crucified. Those people who always have problems and complaining about church and this point, and you don't, your complaint about church is not about doctrine, but it's about Emotions. I don't like this. I don't. When you are complaining about church, as a Christian, it should be on the grounds of doctrine. How high the word of God is esteemed, that must be your concern than what seat the ushers gave you. I'm talking, I'm talking to Christians. I'm talking to Christians. If you are not a Christian, you are, not, you are uninformed, so don't, don't worry. Not a problem. Um, sir, um, I won't shy away from the cross and preaching to Christians. I'm called to feed Christians. I'm not called to feed the world. Um, my message is for Christians. I am teaching God's word. It's for, Bible says he expounded the word to them. Whilst the world, Bible says, those of us who believe, it is the wisdom and the power of God. Those who are perishing, it is foolishness. It is a stumbling block. It is nonsense. So why do I come and present what you consider nonsense by me is power to me? Why do I come and present it to you? Why am I trying to teach the Bible? I need to tell you about Christ and the cross. When you are an unbeliever, all you need is Jesus. You don't need a miracle. The greatest miracle is Christ in you. The hope of glory. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? I've been crucified with Christ. I've been stay on the cross. So you get crucified, your sins stay on the cross. And not just you, I want to show you two other things that also get dealt with by the cross. Number one, verse 14, we just read it. Galatians chapter 4, sorry, 6 verse 14. Let's read it out loud, those of you can read it. What is crucified? The world. So the world. 
it so worldly. Worldly, pursuing fashion, pursuing, I'm not saying fashion is wrong. Pleasure, I'm not saying pleasure is wrong. But that's your pursuit. How can a Christian's pursuit be fashion? How can a Christian girl's pursuit be the room of a man? All right, I bear in my body the marks of Christ. So, the world is crucified to me. All right, he said, the world is crucified to the world, the world to me. Believers, let's be different from the world. Let's be different from the world. Let's, let's, let's be different. You are a believer. The world must be crucified to you. Some, of the, some places you don't have to be seen there for goodness sake. You don't have to be seen in some places. Some, some kind of um, social media postings, it should never come from you. Galatians 5.24 says that flesh. Galatians 5.24 says that, and those who are Christ have crucified what? The flesh. So you must be crucified. The world must be crucified to you. And the flesh and its desire must be crucified. That is what you must boast in the cross. That tells us you are still on the cross. Don't say, you'll be wearing the cross, but we can't see its effect in your life. You are still worldly. You are still fleshly. You are still carnal. You haven't been crucified. Let the cross be your identity. Don't just wear it. Thank you for listening to this message by David Entry. When God speaks, works show. And the works will surely show in your life. To hear more from David Entry, follow him on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and subscribe to Caris Church on YouTube. Don't forget to share and subscribe to our podcast so you're always up to date. Be blessed.